0: Good day. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontleroy. So good to see you all on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Today is July 11 2023. I am your host, James Fontleroy. So good to see all of you. Come on in. Have a seat. Did you guys grab a snack? Are you guys ready for the conversation? Good. The JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms. So go ahead and subscribe to me there. also part of the revolutionary blackout network so you can find me there on sundays tuesdays and thursdays typically so if you guys would like to you guys can also subscribe to revolutionary blackout network as well so good to see all of you here just to let you guys know if you guys would like to you guys can also subscribe to my Substack for email notifications go to jbfont.substack.com for those notifications so that you guys are always aware of when i go live and as well as when clips go live as well Just want to give a thank you and a shout out to all the patrons on patreon as well without you guys i would not be able to do this so thank you so very much to all of you and here you go the list of patrons on patreon coffee as well as members and anybody who sends me any type of mutual aid thank you so very much for that contribution so what are we going to be talking about today as per usual, whenever I have a guest, I always make sure to get to the chat afterwards because I want to be respectful of my guest's time. I would like to introduce my guest for this morning. She is the director for propaganda as well as for uh, part of the African People's Socialist Party. Miss Akile Nayi is returning to the JB Font channel. Miss Akile, salutations.
1: <laughs> Ooh, salute, Comrade James, JB. Thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for returning. Uh and uh just a shout-out and uh you know message of love and solidarity to the Uhuru movement. Uh and last time we spoke, well last time you were on the channel, you were actually talking about the impending uh uh indictment and investigation and to the African People's Socialist Party by the FBI. Uh, And I know that you have a a lot of updates on what has happened. If you can give us a breakdown of that, what has happened since, so that the audience is more well aware since your last appearance on here.
1: Yes. Um, again, thank you so much, uh, JB, for having me on your show. Very much appreciated. And um, you um, were among, you know, a lot of the other progressive media entities that have covered this case um, since the beginning. And the beginning um, formally started on July 29th of last year, uh, where the FBI raided seven homes and properties of the Uhuru movement, the African People's Socialist Party, including the leader and founder, Chairman Amadou Shetela. And subsequent to the FBI raid that used assault rifles, battering rams, flashbang grenades, drones, just to serve a search warrant on that day, nobody was being arrested. Um, <clears throat> we had learned then, uh, and four of us were characterized as unindicted co conspirators the chairman, uh, myself, uh, Penny Hess, who is the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee, and Jesse Neville, who is the chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, two organizations. Uh, that work under the leadership of the African People Socialist Party um, that go directly into the white community you know with uh, in solidarity with the African liberation struggle and for reparations to African people. So these you know these four of us were characterized as unindicted co-conspirators and we were being accused of uh, being agents of a foreign government and the foreign government in question um, is Russia. And so this is this is what we learned um, at that time, And subsequent uh, to the attacks, and before I get to uh, the indictments, um, we were experiencing different types of attacks on our movement, um, including the arrest of of one of our um, uh, mass members a her movement member uh, was arrested in October on uh, uh, terroristic threats. Um, And they, but it really turned out to be uh, an attempt to interrogate and investigate him and his relationship to the Uhuru movement. Um, They've also, uh, and we say they, we say the FBI, we say this, the U.S. government um, in um, their attacks on us um, uh, on January 7th of this year. We had a um, we were under contract to purchase a building, which is what we've been doing in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, for the past several years, rehabilitating the black community there that's being ravaged by gentrification, police containment and poverty and exploitation. So we go in and do what we've always done, which is to put institutions, programs and political work on the ground to transform the lives and conditions of our people and um, as a part of this project we were in contract to purchase a building that was formerly a church um, and uh, that that building also happened to be right across the street from the home of chairman Amalia Chatella. and mysteriously the building caught fire. It was an, a total inferno and um, totally unusable anymore and uh, there was no investigation um, into the fire Um, at all. So this is something that happened on January 7th of this year. In February, Regions Bank um, announced their collusion with the FBI in um, threatening and cutting off accounts for different programs and institutions associated with our movement, and as well as personal accounts of of members of our movement. So the banks, started calling on loans um, that, you know, we uh, were in the process of, you know, paying off and they wanted that money within less than 30 days. And all of this was, an, it's a part of an economic sanction. What the U.S. government normally does to Cuba and Venezuela and other places like that is happening to us, to the black community, economic sanctions being placed on us. Um, and and more types of attacks on our economic projects have um, have come about, you know, since since February. In fact, um, there's a, a radio station, Black Power 96 Radio, um, who had grant funds rescinded from it after the local government body here uh, revoked resources that had previously approved grant resources. So uh, it's coming on all these different fronts, politically, economically, which those two are you know, um, you know, woven together. And um, on April 18th of this year, an indictment uh, was formally issued by the U.S. government, the Department of Justice, and let me clarify, Joe Biden, Democratic Party, Department of Justice, and um, uh, announcing indictments for Chairman Amalia Shetella, Penny Hess, and Jesse Neville. And um, this, the indictment um, now accused, like very clearly accused the, uh, the Chairman Penny and Jesse of being... Now, it wasn't FARA anymore, the Foreign um, Agents Registration Act law that they were using. What they were using was an act that's called considered espionage light. And, you know, which is a more serious type of accusation, but it's also more ridiculous um, accusation that, this, that the chairman who's been involved in political struggle for 60 years of his life coming out of the civil rights era as an organizer with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, who has seen experienced firsthand the conditions of his community and then assume responsibility to change it has dedicated his life has faced assassination attempts has um, experienced imprisonment political imprisonment over his lifetime now now he's a russian agent you know this is this is what the, the government is literally saying and and to the white people who have been indicted you know saying that you can't you know, work under the leadership of African people. You can't work for reparations to African people. You know that if you're not working on our behalf, if you're not working for the interests of colonizers and colonialism, then you too can be indicted uh, by the US government and accused of being agents. And um, what was notable though, Uh, was that I was not in the indictment and, um, or I was not indicted and I'm still considered an unindicted co-conspirator. So that could change at any moment, but at that time, um, you know, they were not pursuing an indictment. And what that reveals is that their whole case is flimsy. I mean, it has nothing, has no steam um, whatsoever. And this was just kind of like a, and we've known that all along, but when, with this indictment, and then you're not, Indicting the candidate who you accuse of, of you know uh, taking funding from a foreign government and things like that, you can't even make an indictment on that person because it's all BS. So um, that this is what happened subsequent on April 18th. I know I've said a lot, but I just wanted to be able to just show the extent of this attack that it hasn't gone away. Um, and that um, on May 2nd and May 8th. Um, Chairman uh, Penny and Jesse had their arraignments, their court appearances, their quote unquote, self surrender, um, where they were put in handcuffs and leg iron chains and brought before a judge and, um, and given a conditional bond um, where they had to turn over their passports. They have now this, um, you know, it's almost like a probation officer and they have to walk this very tight rope before there is even a trial. Any mistake, any traffic ticket, they could be put in jail until a trial happens. So this is the kind of circumstances that were imposed on our leaders, our comrades who are still organizing, you know, uh, to to be able to carry out this work. Um, And, but also with all of these attacks, the movement continues to grow. And that has been so profound just to, and I guess we can talk about that, but that's that's what's happened, um, Comrade JB.
0: Whoa. Okay, so... You know, one of the things that really just caught me by the neck when you said it was that you guys are being indicted like they are, like they're doing Cuba or what they would do to DPRK or what they would do to Russia.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And this is a community organizing, a community building organization that focuses on the black community in order to build ourselves up not just economically, but also socially. And because of even some innocuous uh, communication with somebody from Russia is considered Russian collusion, that's wild. Because if communicating with somebody from Russia is Russian collusion, then wouldn't any type of communication between Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin be considered collusion?
1: I would ask that same question. <laughs> so and then,
0: it's like, okay, then you, then, you, I, if that's, if, if by their logic, then the call's coming from inside the House. Right? I mean, a, a, am I, am I, you know, you know, because that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, what if, What if this person who is, who is Russian is pro-America? Is that collusion?
1: Right. And if, if I, if I could, I think what part of the question that's being raised is around the question of uh, law and this whole concept of quote unquote democracy. And what it's revealing with this attack on us is that there are no democratic rights for black people in this country and never have been. And uh, that also the law, the law applies only and is created by those who are in power. And so they have the ability at the same time they're enforcing their so-called law against us, which is normally law to be able to keep us in this situation, um, they can in turn violate their own law um, and or change the law to, to be able to suit whatever their interests are at the time. Their interest being in to destroy this movement and their interest to be able to do the same, the very things that we are being accused of. And, you know, um, if you don't believe me, look at what's happened for Hunter Biden. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> all of the, you know, the cover ups and the, you know, all the schemes and things like that to cover Joe Biden's son and to, to cover Joe Biden himself. And this, so this can happen on one hand, but it's our leaders who are facing, you know, 10, 15 years in prison.
0: Rules for thee, but not for me, right?
1: Right. Uh,
0: yeah. And. Uh, One of the things you also mentioned, and I know you wanted to get into this a little bit later, but it's has this had a counter effect than what the feds actually wanted? Because this has shined a, a more bigger spotlight on the Uhuru movement, which it caught my attention and it caught a lot of our attention. And now a lot of us are saying, yeah, why are you guys attacking them? Because this ain't right. So now we're now looking more into the Uhuru movement. We're like, oh, you guys are doing all this amazing stuff for the community. Let's go and try to support them a little bit better. How, how has the outpouring of support been for you guys?
1: Yeah, I think that was something we noticed almost immediately day one, because this flood of support started pouring in and now millions of people have been able to see the Uhuru movement maybe had never had access to us or seen us before and we've been around for more than 50 years but you know we are concentrated in you know in the communities and so you know in terms of this kind of presence, knowing about who we are, what we do in our history, that was all able to come to the surface because, you know, part doing part because of what they've done. And um, in terms of offering us now this platform uh, to be able to, you know, uh, increase the exposure, but also to just bring to light the positions, the analysis that the chairman has been hammering in on for decades, you know, about the conditions of the world and why things are the way they are. People are able to hear this now. You know when they may have not have had it before so this is changing so many different things and it's allowing us to influence a lot of the discussion and you know they attacked us part because they what they assumed is that they could attack a group attack and attack a group that they deemed unpopular and um and specifically uh, attacking a group where they could win majority of white people in this country against. Oh, that's a black power organization. They're talking about revolution. They're talking about all this kind of stuff. So, oh, we got to be, we got to be afraid of them. You know, so what, that's what they do. They, they're trying to win because this is, this is not about law and whether or not we did what they say we did and we didn't do what they said we did, but that that's their ability to fabricate this whole thing. So what we're experiencing now is a court of public opinion. So making this attack on us was be- they believed that they would have, they could win that public opinion. They could win the public opinion on us because we're supposed to be lunatic fringe. We're that dangerous militant group that's out there um, that people would not unite with, but they were sadly mistaken. And you know they use tactics like this because when they are able to get away with what they do to us, then that opens the door for them to be able to do this to anybody. Because once they violate it and they take away the right to freedom of speech, there is no more freedom of speech in this country. You know, like there is none, and that illusion is shattered. And they can come in with battering rams and and drones anytime you say anything that you know that is out of line where the U.S. government is trying to go their trajectory. So this becomes open season for everyone, not just activism, regular people in their homes, because you're under surveillance 24/7. You know, this is the kind of thing that can happen to you if it happens to us, and this is what has been recognized. By people even like Tucker Carlson, you know Glenn Greenwald, and all you know these other forces that ordinarily might not agree with us on any other question, but they can recognize that this is a very slippery slope, <laughs> you know, just a very dangerous kind of um, uh, opening to the violation of constitutional rights for everybody. And so we've seen all kinds of support. Of course, coming from our base and the movement with sim- similar ideological tetherings, but also from people like I said, who we would not have even expected, um, have have rallied behind this movement and um, you know have donated you know profoundly to the defense fund. You know, over a hundred thousand dollars raised towards the defense of our 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 leadership. And, um, you know, and continuing and people joining this movement and trying to find ways to participate. And and just this past Saturday, we launched a hands off Uhuru coalition with like minded organizations to defend the rights to freedom of speech. And and I also have to mention people like yourself who represent, you know, um, uh, a media that is you know, reflecting the interests of oppressed peoples around the world where you have a bourgeois media that reflects their neg- their narrative, their position, and it's trying to shore up, you know, the public opinion around us. But then there are forces like you who are out there who are making it possible for the people to see something different versus what it is that they are constantly beaten over the head with. So it's, it's all this stuff is being pulled together and they tried to iso- isolate us with this attack but they failed miserably.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of funny because when you look at the the, the government, they're very unpopular. And it's their hubris that thinks that they're popular enough to peg someone or some group as bad. When in reality, that's like putting the parental advisory sticker on a rap album. That's how you know it's going to be good, right? (laughs) They put a parental advisory on your group. And now everybody's like, oh, snap, is popping. Let's go. Let's let's go with the Uhuru movement. Let's see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that because we see what they're doing in real time, and the fact is that you're shining a light on it, independent media like me, RBN, uh, Heartland's media, Savvy Sabs, we're all shining a light on it as well. And so because that we're doing it, a lot of people are going, oh, wait. No. These corporate dictators are using the government as a tool in order to keep us in line. And one of the things I loved that you said was basically, and I I, got to give you your your flowers on this. Bad Cookie says, speak. Akile is warning all of us. I hope we are listening. When they say listen to black women, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right because the thing is you guys have been sounding out the warning for eons and then whenever somebody doesn't listen it's like oh well we should have listened to black women in the first place well they, they say it now and so the thing is is that you're saying if they done it to us if they did it to us they're going to do it to you and i've been saying that too this is why i tell white people listen to us because if they haven't done it to you yet, it's going to come down the pike. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I want you to answer this and I know the answer and many people in my audience know the answer, but do black people actually have second, second amendment rights?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll answer that first by saying that when the constitution was written, Africans were not present. And uh, when we were enslaved in this country, we weren't even considered human beings uh, when this Constitution was drawn up. And uh, so I think if we start there, we can get a better understanding of of uh, how the Constitution and these rights actually work to be conferred upon citizens when you're not even considered a human being. And um, <clears throat> and even though we've had some, you know, what's been characterized as freedom in this country for Black people as a nominal kind of thing because our conditions. Say otherwise. And the fact is that within the Constitution itself, they made slavery legal through the prison uh, system, which mean, which meant that now new laws were created with the intent to lock up black people en mass. So and this is what we experience today. So when we look at any of the constitutional rights, and how the U.S. government has acted on black people for exercise, we've been accused, and this is literally when the indictments came down, we've been accused of weaponizing free speech. Now, the point of free speech is, it is a weapon. and you? And, and, and that's the And that's the reason why they wrote it in the constitution when they were fighting for their free speech to oppose whatever the king, in England was saying when they were tethered, you know, to um, their mother country uh, more formally. So this, so to so now accuse black people of weaponizing free speech because we are saying, well, genocide is being committed against us. That th- this is ha- this is our reality. We've been brutalized. You know, uh, here are all of these racist statistics that show the conditions of black people have not improved, even though quote unquote slavery has been abolished. So we're weaponizing free speech because we said it and. And so, and this is a long way to answer your question. I don't think any of the, um, of any of the, uh, the, the, the rights laid out in the constitution, any of the amendments, none of it has ever applied um, really for black people. And that's what we're trying to really draw out that freedom period is illegal for black people. You have a whole constitution drawn up at our expense. And so you have a situation where anytime black people historically have fought to be free, whether you were Nat Turner, you could be put on trial as a slave, you could be put on trial for leading a revolt and then be imprisoned and sentenced to death. That's your law. So your law keeps you enslaved in however form it appears. And if you dare to struggle against your enslavement in whatever form it appears, then you then you could have determined to be have violated some kind of law. So you know, in a nutshell, no, it doesn't apply to us. And this case should be clear evidence of this. And we have to fight those who say they believe in democracy and the principles of democracy. We have to fight them on that and say, if you do, then you need to drop the charges. If you do, then you need to stop the attacks being made on Black people and other people who are organizing in their own interest. You got you, you to stop. But of course they won't. And 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 so this is the thing that we are, like I said, working to draw out. If there's any illusion about this whole thing, you know, it's time for the magic show to end. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Oh boy, I was just expecting a one-word answer, and you gave me a whole dissertation. I, I appreciate that. Sorry. No, don't do not apologize. I I welcome that because. One of the things that we need is nuance in this space. And so you delivered that, and I appreciate it. Um, and so, yeah, yeah just like you said, <laughs> fire Aquila. <laughs> but one of the things that I also wanted to display as well was that you guys got some, you guys got some support from a presidential candidate as well and i'll be talking about him a little bit later but dr Cornell West even gave some support behind you guys which i thought to be really cool so let's just uh take a look here i would want to lend my name to any kind of
3: need in order to ensure that they're both treated fairly and justly, but recognize that it's, it's, it's part of the war against the Black Freedom Movement. Do what one can and all that one can to, in order to defend the rights and liberties of our brothers and sisters at the African People's Socialist Party I had wonderful dialogue with a sister in San Diego. In fact, she would we talking about the burning Spear, of the newspaper. Oh, I was able to actually to get even more information than I than I had before. Now, I had been really too negligent to be able to follow through on all of the things I keep track of with the press and so forth, but she's a member of, the, member of the party. So we had a chance to actually talk about it. And then I saw my dear brother Give a, a very very powerful uh, interview. I think it was on Democracy Now. Uh, right after I read the newspaper, just to hear what he had, had to say and his whole history of, of, of going back uh, way back to the 60s and 72 SNCC and so on. And these are all uh, you know deep concerns. I mean, you, we have to meet them when they come, but they are very deep concerns. And uh, and I would want to lend my name to any kind of support that they would need in order to ensure that they are both treated fairly and justly. But recognize that it's 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 part of the war against black freedom movements. I mean, it's we we are in a war, and uh, um, we have to come up with whatever kind of armor we can and buffers
0: that we can, because they're. So just to get your thoughts on the uh, support from Dr. Cornell West, presidential candidate, Dr. Cornell West.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, he joined the list of, you know, the forces that have come out and endorsed this campaign, have supported our campaign and have, um, you know, made very definitive statements um, condemning um, what the U.S. government is doing right now. Um, And, you know, he's joined by forces like Charles Barron, who uh, was uh, for 20 years um, in um, either the state assembly or uh, city councilman for East New York and, um, uh, you know, just countless others. And I think that that's really important uh, to say. And that was really important for, um, you know, West to say as well, because I think for any politician that's going to go out there today and try to convince people Um, uh, who still participate in the electoral process um, to convince people that they somehow represent a different agenda than what we normally experience. And and without being able to say, drop the charges, you know, against the Uhuru 3, I mean, we have to have a litmus test for politicians, you know, and- um, they've, you know, tried to co-opt the reparations demand But, you know, prior, but even before then We believed in our movement that the litmus test We have to ask these uh, uh, candidates How, you know, what is their position on reparations To African people? Because that lets us know whether or not you're genuinely progressive All these socialists and stuff like that running for office Well, what is your position on reparations? The real distribution of wealth <laughs> Stolen yeah. wealth And, yeah. you know, and then they always came up You know, uh, crickets and so the the same applies for these uh, uh, these politicians today. Nobody running for president or any office, their claim to fame can't just be "I'm not Trump." You know, you're you're you have to have something substantial. And what's substantial is you being able to come out opposed to the attacks that's been made against our movement. So you know, that's that's so that it's just it's good that he was able to to make that kind of definitive statement.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for that. I I honestly do definitely agree with the whole not Trump. And the thing is, it's like everybody's talking about voting for the lesser of two evils. I want to vote for the greater of two goods.
1: Right. I, yeah. I mean, their their campaign slogan should just be not Trump at this point. That's all they. That's all they're saying to you. And I would. I would. Yeah.
0: Well, but even still, like, look at it. It's like today it's not Trump. Tomorrow it could be not DeSantis, and then. The next uh, and then after that, it could be tomorrow or not, you know, uh, Joffrey Lannister. It's like, OK, we're going to keep going in that that direction. OK, yeah, that was a Game of Thrones reference, if anybody didn't know. So. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, and I would I would just be quick to say that Joe Biden can't hide, you know, that you can't call yourself not that you're you're the same person and probably worse because at least he's open about it. You like to hide your dirt. You like to hide your skeletons and and, and then attack us, you know, in, this, in the process of, of that. So, you know, he, he would tell you, you're not black if you don't vote for him. You know, so this is there's no difference, you know, between either of them. And the, only, and the thing for us is that you have to come with, you know, something that suggests that you're not you're not the same. And it's really hard for politicians to prove that because normally they are the same.
0: <laughs> well, I would have to put back a little bit because there is a difference between Biden and Trump. Trump is orange.
1: Yes, that is true. And yeah.
0: well and you know. concede to that point
1: Yes, I can I can concede to that. Okay. Sleepy oh, Joe not. Is, is not written in the tanning salon I can <laughs> yeah, because
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. we all know that Trump is orange. Yes. <laughs> we got to say the hood to orange <laughs> uh, but um an, another question I also wanted to ask you as well is what are the next steps to fighting this attack from state powers that want to shut the African People's Socialist Party down?
1: Well, I would call on people to um, one, become a part of this Hands Off Uhuru coalition that was just launched. And you can learn more information about that at handsoffuhuru.org. And you can uh, can join this coalition as an individual or, or an organization, a media entity. Um, you know, whatever, um, you know, however you want to participate in this process. But I wanted to extend that invitation because um, what we're experiencing, as was just mentioned um, by you, uh, JB, is that majority of the people, not just in this country, but around the world are disillusioned and are, you know, not in favor of what it is that this government is doing. And they might not agree with Black liberation uh, necessarily. But I would say also that the majority of the people on the planet are colonized and oppressed, exploited peoples. And so it's, you know, we all are able to recognize our interests in the fight to, um, you know, work to overturn a social system that wants to keep us in that uh, situation. And so that's the majority, that's the sentiment of the majority of the peoples on the planet Earth, that the minority, in fact, are the bosses and the rulers of the world who are hell bent on keeping us living in misery and in suffering to labor day in and day out for their benefit, to produce and reproduce life for them. That's, you know, that, but that's the minority in the world. And the thing that they have um, is state power. They have the ability of the courts. They have the ability of the military to be able to enforce, you know, uh, this reality on all of us, but we can fight back and we can win this struggle. And the fact is that we gain nothing by sitting down and letting them do this to us. But we gain everything and then some, you know, by fighting back, pushing back against this. So you all participating in this process right now can join the Hands Off Uhuru campaign, the coalition, and you can also donate to the Legal Defense Fund. Um, this is, uh, you know, something that's really important um, it, it is recognizing that these attacks on us are a part of, um, I mentioned economic sanctions. And it's a part of being trying to prevent this movement from doing the work that it's done for decades. And that we have these community institutions, you know, not as some poverty program, but as a program for black people to seize power politically and economically over our own lives. That's what our that's what we do this work for. And so we have you know institutions that deal with being able to um, you know seize power over food production. You know, we have um, institutions that are uh, being built to serve black women um, in the situation of infant mortality rate, you know, and, and so being uh, having programs to train black women doulas and uh, a health center to for black women to be able to get the adequate health that, um, care that they need in order to be able to deliver children safely. You know, and these are the kinds of things, the work that we've done that the, the government's have never done for us, have always made an excuse as to why it can't happen, even though they have the billions and trillions of dollars to make it happen, we've been able to pull it all together with donations from everyday people, you know, to, to do what it is that we've done. That's what they're trying to attack. And so they want us to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in a in, for a legal defense, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars that would ordinarily go to the programs and institutions of our movement. So we need people to donate to Hands Off of Uh, dot org slash donate as well and like I said you know make this campaign your campaign and take it out um, where you are and get as much information out about it as possible and there's a wealth of information and how you can do those things at our website again handsoffahuru.org.
0: yeah and that's so important because you know I think I said this before but black people are the canary in the coal mine every time something happens, look at black people and see something coming down the pipe that's gonna happen to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of Cop City and what's being done in Atlanta. If they're doing going to do it in one of the blackest cities in the country, it's going to be coming to a city near you as well.
3: Yep.
0: And as far as coalitions go, If you consider yourself a conservative, I don't care if you consider yourself conservative. If you see that your fellow Americans who look like us, our rights to free speech and assembly and things like this are being trampled upon. And especially if you're a gun-toting conservative and you are in a militia, why aren't you out here protecting us? Why aren't you out here saying, you know what? I don't agree with you on everything, but what they're doing against you guys is unconstitutional and we're going to stand with you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
0: Like, why? Why aren't you out here? I know some people who are more libertarian and slightly more conservative that are in militias that were out there for the Black Lives Matter protests, and they were out there, so thank you. But there's also other groups like your hoodoo movement, you know, why aren't you guys out there helping them? Or, you know, could you guys be forming, you know, groups like theirs that also help the community in white spaces copy them, you know? And so I just feel like we need to do what, what the black Panther party did again, what you guys are doing again is building coalitions in order to, move this country into a people-centered direction instead of a corporate-centered direction. You know, I... And, you know, my channel is is tiny, but if you guys can share this, or I'll, I'll do even better. To anybody who has large channels out there, I dare you have Akilah NIE or... Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, or Amalia Yishatella on. Have them on. Talk. Because the thing is that it can't just be limited to democracy now. It can't just be limited to people like Savvy Savs. It can't just be limited to people like, uh, like Tara Reid. Like, have them on. Let's make this more bigger. Put the sound out there. Because what A lot of people talk about Julian Assange, and if they go against Julian Assange, that's the end of free speech. We're also going to talk about the Uhuru movement, if they do that against them. What about what's going on against uh, Mumia Mm Abu-Jamal? We have to talk about all these people Mm -hmm. and center it around our rights are being trampled upon what's left of our rights. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's important. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I think that is absolutely right. Um, And it's a good challenge. And I hope that people do take that challenge. Um, And I think what we're looking at is the, you know, this whole system, uh, because the fact is that any kind of rights that Black people have been able to acquire, to achieve, has come at the relentless, as a result of the relentless fight that we have made, you know, um, up until now. And that fight has always been, centered around being a free people, even if it was conscious of of that or not, that our struggle was to be a free people. And even when we were struggling in this country for the right to vote, we were struggling for the right to have access to you know, a, a type of arena that could possibly forward the aims and objectives of Black power and self-determination. That's what we got in it for, and then it was co-opted, you know, by liberals and the petty bourgeoisie, and you know, became something else entirely. But I'm, I'm saying all this because everything we've had to fight for, we've done it tooth and nail. We've shed we've shed blood, um, most instances, for everything it is that we have. And what this government is trying to do is take you back in time. It's trying to take you back in time. It wants to be able to go back to the lynch a nigga period of time in this country and to be able to get away with it. And that's what we're not going back. We're not going back to that period. We're not going back. And 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 that's what they want um, from us. And I appreciate what you said. Um, just about you know, them using the Uhura movement as an entry point to deny this for the, you know, for you know, other people that don't look like us who don't share our views, but maybe also don't share the views of the democratic party. Maybe don't share the views of the war on Ukraine. Maybe don't you know, share the views of the US government at any other time in the future. And this is what the result will be because um, you know, now the, the, the whole um, facade of free speech is, is, has fallen and they've been able to get away with uh, attacking an organization and ripping, uh, ripping it away of its constitutional rights. So um, this is a very critical case. And even though it's not discussed like this by the mainstream media, it's probably one of the most, if not the most important case happening in this country. And I venture to even say in the world and that it has precedent for a lot of things. But it could also have a precedent for uh, what it looks like when we struggle, when we fight, when we dare to win. That's also the precedent that's at stake here. And, you know, I suggest we, you know, we, we, we go the ladder and um, make that the precedent um, in this country and around the world where the people's struggles will win, will be victorious. And I want to um, just um, you know, finalize this by saying that we're not deterred, we're not scared, we're not backing down. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We didn't do anything that they're accusing us of. Um, and we know that the real reason they're attacking us is because we dared, we dared to fight back we dare to change our lives on our own terms, not having to beg for it, not having to plead anybody else for it, to be able to do it for ourselves. We did it. Chairman Amalia Chatela did it. And that's the thing that they're terrified of, because when we become self-reliant, when we are self-determining, they don't have the same power over our lives as they do now. So, you know, we, we are optimistic about the future, and we know we're going to win this thing. So...
0: So, hearing you say that made me optimistic. Uh, You know, I just want to thank you so very much for coming on. It was a privilege. Look, I even had to get dressed up for this because, you know, you know. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things I have to say is, you know, we're very proud, you know, of the work that, you know, the Uruv Movement has been doing. I also want to say personally that I am also proud of you. I know you're, you know, a little bit younger than me, and I just want to say how proud I am of you speaking out and coming on here and revealing the truth so that people will get that because, God damn it, we need to, you know, liberate ourselves. And the thing is, is that we can't depend on any particular person. We save us and i just appreciate you for being a sounding board for that so thank you
1: thank you so much again for offering your platform um for you know and also giving me a second chance <laughs> and um i also to your audience uh who's tuned in um who is ready to join the fight i'm just very appreciative and it's forces like you that really allow us to move forward you know and and to not be afraid because we know the masses of people and history is on our side so thank you so much it was an mm-hmm. honor
0: yeah thank you so much everybody with the African People's Socialist Party, Uhuru Akile.
1: Uhuru. All right. Bye.
0: Man, I gotta have her back on. Uh, that is all I gotta say. I'm gonna have to have her back on again. You know, we got to talk about some other stuff besides this. You know, you know, we gotta talk about some stuff. But wow. You see why I had her back on, right? You see why? This is why. Uh, so thank you so much to Miss Akile NIE and stay cool out there, she's in Florida like me, it's not looking good out there. But anyway, did you guys like the stream? Did you guys already subscribe? Go ahead and do that. Thank you so very much to everybody for tuning in. Uh, now, just to let you guys know, uh, where are we going to be talking about today? We have Akile Nae. Return so she would just here. Let me take the banner down right there, there. we go. And then we're also going to be talking about Somali destabilization. And then I'm going to have to go into a little bit of drama, talk about Keith Oberman cussed out Dr. West. Now, what in the hell happened? We're going to be talking about that too. So before I get into all that, I just want to say my hellos and salutations to everybody in the chat. So sorry, everybody. I'm also still under the weather. This is why I'm sounding like Steve Urkel right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I, I got that sound coming on. But anywho, I am here for you guys. So. My apologies.
4: Now, for coming in first, coming
0: in hot, we have CBC voter coming and saying happy Tuesday at JB. Good to see you, CBC voter. All right. Now we have Bryce coming in saying, sup, JB. Sup, Bryce. We have whoever saying, what's up, comrades? Good to see you, whoever. All right. Everybody all up in here and accounted for it. Kayo Grigor says, Bryce, whoever. Good day, comrades. Good night, Mike. Good to see you. We have Yipper ninety nine coming in, giving us a wave. We have Prona Ursa coming in. JB looking sharp. Thank you. I was like, look, my sister's coming on. I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to, you know, impress the fam. You know what I'm saying? I can't be coming in looking busted. No. <laughs> Bad cookie says, sweet. This is live. Yes, absolutely. Terry Connolly saying, hello, fam. Good to see you. This is interesting. Uh, Backcookie says, JB, this is coming up as finished recording one hour ago. I thought I was watching a replay. I don't know. You know, YouTube be tripping sometimes, so ugh, I'm not sure. I'm glad I had that smoothie earlier. I'm actually feeling a little, a little decent. We have Optimism of the Will coming in and saying, hello, all. Not too late. Absolutely not too late. Rick Solis saying, hey, y'all, good to see you, Rick. Welcome to the chat. Wadi says, hey, everybody, good to see you, Wadi. Always good to have you up in the chat. Who else is in here that I need to get to say hello to? Let me see. Sorry, I'm in my... Final Fantasy 7 mindset right now. V coming in. All right. Good to see you, V. Okay. Up in here and accounted for. All right. We got Old Man Barker coming in saying, hey, K-Y-E, Wardy, Cookies, Bryce, Rick. (laughs) All right. Good to see all of you here. We have Neil coming in. Neil says, replace one oligarch- oligarchic gaggle of vicious self-serving scumbags for another. Happy fourth. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you so much, Neil. We have Samuel coming in saying, LMAO, that was my sign to dip rice. I have no idea what you're talking about, but... R.I.P. George Hashbosh says, yo, Bryce, this guest is so base, unlike that DSA toot from the other What are you guys talking about, man? I <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, agreed, you know, Akile is bi- is based, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys are cracking me up. All one saying says, words are weapons because money is speech. Ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's get down. Let me see. Brent Hudgens. Good to see you, Brent Hudgens. (laughs) Definitely put some tussing on. (laughs) Don't get me laughing because I'll start coughing up a storm oh my goodness reality revolution it's so good to see you as well and Sean Miller said Miss Final Fantasy 7 tried to play the phone verse version terrible yeah, I had the phone version it's not that great I right you could either you know if you still have a PS one or PS2 you guys can you know try to you know find the PS1 or PS two you know PS1 uh, discs. Uh, Play it on there. Or you can just download it if you have a PS4. You can probably download it and play it on there. might be able to do a PS5, too. I ain't got no money for no PS5. But you guys can do that, too, as well. So, you know, bring back the memories. Sweet, sweet memories. All right. Just checking to see about other chats. All right. So. All right, let's go to our next story. So we're gonna be talking about Somali (sighs) destabilization. Somalia, country in the Horn of Africa, Horn of Africa being East Africa. There is some destabilizing that has taken place. Uh, So, I first want to go to the US State Department and get their remarks on what's going on in Somalia. And I feel like this is on purpose to keep Somalia destabilized because Somalia does have natural resources. So this is how the U.S. State Department says U.S. to resume small, persistent presence in Somalia. It says for, excuse me, for 16 months now, American military personnel and the U.S. Africa Command area of responsibility have provided, advice and assist support to forces in Somalia and on ad hoc basis, traveling to the country when needed and then leaving afterward. U.S. forces are helping Somali forces in the fight against Al-Shabaab but the ad hoc model was soon cha- will soon change to one persistent presence in the country pentagon press security john f kirby said so we're going to be taking a look at what john kirby says and we'll move on from there
4: well, i know you guys would be counting uh, okay so a couple things at the top let me get organized here Uh, All right, Um, so I can announce today that the the President has authorized the Department of Defense to return a small, persistent U.S. military presence uh, to Somalia. Uh, This decision was based on a request from Secretary Austin uh, and uh, included advice from senior commanders and, of course, uh, concern for the safety of our troops who have incurred additional risk by deploying in and out of Somalia on an episodic basis for the past 16 months. We're evaluating the appropriate timing and the next steps for implementation of this order. Uh, so we just gonna have to give us a little time and uh, we're working our way through exactly what this is all gonna look like. I don't have any additional details uh, for you right now. I wanna remind that those forces as they have been will continue to be used in training, advising and equipping partner forces to give them the tools that they need to disrupt, degrade and monitor al-Shabaab, our forces are not now, nor will they be directly engaged in combat operations. The purpose here is to enable a more effective fight against Al-Shabaab by local forces, uh, which and Al-Shabaab has increased in their strength and poses a heightened threat. Um, So again, this is a repositioning of forces that are already in theater, uh, who have traveled in and out of Somalia now on an episodic basis since January of uh, 2021. Uh, Our view was, the Secretary's view was that uh, that episodic engagement model uh, was inefficient and increasingly unsustainable. Forces also lost time on target, and critical situational awareness needed to detect and disrupt an enemy attack. By time on target, I mean time on station. I'm not suggesting that there was something uh, about direct combat relations or combat operations there. Um, Shifting to a persistent presence will not change the mission, um, and it will not implies substantial changes in resources. We're working now to evaluate local conditions, including those following the Somali presidential election yesterday, uh, and we're engaging partners in the region, including the Somali government, to determine the best way forward. Uh, That is as far as we're going to be able to go on that one today. Um, Also, uh, on Tuesday, after a two-year hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Association of the US Army and the US Army Pacific Command, will convene their three-day pack Symposium and Exposition in downtown Waikiki. landpack is the premier land forces symposium and exposition in the Indo-Pacific region, bringing together government, academia, industry, and many of our allies and partners. Over 25 countries are expected to participate in person this year. Let me ask you this.
0: The... Training and assistance to the Somali military. What does this sound like to you? If your answer is Iraq, yeah. Sounds like Iraq and training and assistance. Does it sound like Afghanistan? Sounds like that sounds like a lot of different wars where oh we're just there to train and to lend support i have trouble believing that you know and so when it comes to the united states military the state department the defense more like offense they're not going nowhere. And they want to keep a presence there because you only guard something that you see as valuable. And it's not necessarily the lives that are there, it's more the resources that are there. Well, okay, they want the refugees as workers, but other than that, that's about it. Right? i <sighs> just say, yeah, and let's
4: continue on. It will run from the 17th to the 19th, and many of the panels and press conferences will be live-streamed on Divots, and I'm told that you guys already have in your email inboxes the feature link page for Divots so you can access that. Okay, move to questions. Ben from uh, AP. I didn't know you said you didn't want to have the details, any further details on Somalia, but do you, can you tell us what components will be made up of that and what branches? Yeah, it's not that I didn't want to have the details. I'm not going to be able to provide additional details in terms of uh, what that's going to look like. I'd refer you to AFRICOM to speak to that, but I doubt seriously that they're going to get into actual unit designations, Ben. Uh, Okay. Yep, Jen. John, can you um, discuss what the security guarantees you plan to give to Sweden and Finland while they apply to NATO, given that it could be an eight-month to eight month, so a year-long process? What are the bilateral sort of security guarantees you're willing to? Yeah. So I think, I think that's further afield of where we are right now, Jen. Um, uh, they haven't even made a formal application to NATO. So there's a multi-step process here, going from application to a session. And I don't want to get ahead of where we are.
0: Oh yeah. By the way, yeah, Sweden's trying to join NATO. So much for that neutrality, right? So yeah, one of the things that I think that uh, it is imperative for us to remember is what's going on in other countries. Uh, always take it with. They lied about Vietnam. They lied about Kuwait, they lied about Iraq, they lied about Afghanistan. They lied, they lied, they lied. Fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. But fool me once, shame, I sound like George W. Bush. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And if they're lying about all these other things, they're lying continuously, or sometimes they'll give little nuggets of truth, but then they'll give you BS, right? And so whenever they say, oh, this person's a dictator, or this person's evil, or, you know, this person is horrible, it's best to take up a grain of salt and do your own research. Because, like, for instance, Biden called President Xi Jinping a dictator. And they're revving up to do military action, well, they want to do military action against China. Remind me who has the second biggest military in the world who who else is a is a nuclear superpower it seems like the united states is you know government is a glutton for punishment i mean they really really want a nuclear winter don't they that's what it feels like let me go to this article because there's somebody that actually has a much better scope on what's going on in Somalia than what the State Department can give us. So this is out of Black Agenda Report. This is Somalia, the Lawless Frontier. This is by Ann Garrison. And Ann Garrison, is giving an interview to Dr who I don't, I don't want to uh butcher his his name Abdul Wahab Wahab so with Dr Ad Ab, Wahab uh so she is talking to him uh, she starts off her article saying last week, the U.N. Security Council adopted a resolution to extend the U.N. peacekeeping, keeping mission in Somalia until the end of December, 2023. But the troops are supposed to withdraw entirely by the end of December, 2024. The mission's name is the African Union Transition Mission in Somalia or ATMOS. But although the troops are African, it is actually a Security Council mission funded by the United States, European Union, and NATO nations. I spoke to Somali Kenyan uh, scholar, Dr. Abdiwahab Sheik Abdismad, about the troops, about whether or not, they'll really withdraw. I got to practice these names. Whew. I'm terrible. So Ann Garrison says, Dr. Adwehop, do you think that Atmos troops will actually withdraw? The doctor says, I don't think so. Atmos is there for the interest of the West in Somalia, and they'll stay until their job is done. They have been there for 15 years now, just under, just guarding specific government installations not fighting al-shabaab their mandate was to root al-shabaab out of somalia which is supposed to be a terrorist group but al-shabaab has not gone anywhere in fact they're much stronger than they were 15 years ago they infiltrated both atmos and somali national army they are bribing the top military brass looting sophisticated military hardware, and killing both government soldiers and at troops. This is massive, basically meaning that the United States didn't actually mean to outroot the terrorist threat. The terrorist threats in these regions are tools of the United States, allegedly to keep military operations there so that the military industrial complex continues to make money. That's what it's about. Look, look, let me enlarge it. Look what he said. He said, their mandate was to root, root, was to root Al-Shabaab out of Somalia The Al-Shabaab has not gone anywhere. They are much stronger than they were 15 years ago. They infiltrated Atmos and the Somali National Army, bribing top military brass, looting sophisticated military hardware, and killing both government soldiers and Atmos troops. They are allowing this to happen. This is... Look, this is like... This is like somebody stealing from the store and you're with that person stealing from the store, but you gotta act like you're there to help stop them. Like, oh no, please stop, don't do that. And then, or 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 you'll act like you you you're trying to stop them by you know having a tussle, but really the plan is to let that person go, let that person punch you in the face, punch you in the face, and then you fall. uh, oh, And then they run out. You're like, stop, please, no! And then they run out with all the money and all the the jewels. But in reality, you were working with them the entire time because guess what? By the time you leave the store and you tell the police, well, yeah, yeah, I didn't really get a good description of them. I was just so flustered. And then you run out. You run out and then you go around the corner, you jump in the car, and then you, you know, you dap up, you know, and you guys, you know, split the money. This ain't, man, this stuff ain't new. This stuff ain't new, man. The United States is just doing the same thing. And they'll just allow groups like al-Shabaab to continue. Because then that means that they get to keep a presence. Because that means there's more guns to manufacture, more uniforms to manufacture, more missiles, more bombs, more Humvees, more tanks, And that's how it goes. It's never to actually truly uproot a terrorist organization out. ISIS still exists. We haven't heard from them in a while. Al Qaeda still exists. Why? Because the idea was to never root them out it was always to keep them in place as a scapegoat to keep the military presence in place the united states is fully invested in forever war because the corporations demand it that's why let's continue in the article i'm not going to read the entire article because i really want you guys to read it for yourself You know, uh, Ann Garrison gives a really great interview here. Shout out to Ann Garrison, by the way. Ann Garrison also asks, what interests of the Western world do they serve and how do they do that? The doctor says, when I say the Western world, I mean the United States, United Kingdom, European Union, and NATO. That's who funds ATMOS. The African Union failed to raise funds for it. The West's interest is to keep Somalia weak, fragmented and fragile, so that they can easily exploit its resources. And Garrison asks, can you remind us what the resources are? The doctor says Somalia enjoys the longest coastline in Africa. The European Union and others are doing illegal fishing and mining and dumping their worst waste products off the Somali coast. They're also eager to extract this untapped offshore oil and gas reserves. I want to go to another point. So Ian Garrison asks, what do U.S. troops bombing Al-Shabaab add to all this chaos and lawlessness? The doctor says they are there for their own interest, securing resources and geopolitical positioning for the West. They don't care about anything else. So... basically it's what we all thought the entire time they're not actually there to protect the somali people they're not actually there and they're not actually there to make sure that al shabaab is defeated the goal is not to defeat the goal is to fight itself This is why it is, like the gentleman earlier said, episodic. It's war for the United States is a soap opera. It's a soap opera what what happens is soap operas right you watch there's conflict might be a little bit resolution but not totally and then the conflict continues next episode 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 and it does not stop is there an end a true end To soap operas. And if you guys have ever watched All My Children, General Hospital, As the World Turns, Young and Restless, you guys know there's never an end. And so because of that, you see that the United States continues this because it's money, good money, comes in, consistent, war. War, war, war. Oh, then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go down just a little bit in in our presence to make you think that they're winding things down. And then they're going, oh, my God, look at this terrorist group. They've ramped up, so we have to ramp up because perish the thought if any other people die, which they really don't care about at the end, like Yale's die. Let me go to, I have this uh, other video I wanted to just get some points out of, Mm -hmm. if things can work properly. There we go. Let me see. Do 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 God. I love my people. All right, so let me see. There's a lot going on right now. So let me share this with you guys at Drawdown.
2: Somalia, the country with the largest national coastline of 3,000 kilometers in Africa, is nothing short of beauty. But the perennial insurgency and terrorist attacks by the Al-Shabaab mar the beautiful name it has created for itself. With over three decades of combat and unrest, the pillars of democracy have tumbled rule of law and governance a thing of the past regardless the country remains committed in its journey to recovery it has hosted tens of thousands of troops in its volatile central and southern regions for the last 16 years for 15 years the africa union mission in somalia AMISOM armed at Somalia beginning January 2007 before paving way for the Africa Union Transition Mission in Somalia, ATMIS, in January 2022. Less combative but still silently powerful as its predecessor, ATMIS aims at helping the war stricken nation to not only be free from acts of terror but also have enough mechanisms to govern itself. We are working alongside with them. Even the Somali police are with us We are all always working around the clock. There has been humanitarian aid too, for the war has come with its own consequences, including lack of food, water, and inadequate medical services. The soldiers try as much as possible to live their normal lives along their military duties.
3: Uh, Here you can see there are quite a number of uh, officers, staff officers from different countries. 14 countries are represented here.
2: Through these efforts, the Somali National Army is growing even stronger. But all is not as good as it seems. The Al-Shabaab still poses a threat to the sovereignty of the country. In May 26th, Al-Shabaab mounted a deadly attack on a military base housing some 200 Ugandan soldiers. Atmists confirmed that at around 5 a.m., the peacekeeper's forward operating base in Bulu Malera, approximately 120 kilometers southwest
4: of Mogadishu, was attacked by the Al-Shabaab. The-
0: if the United States really wanted to defeat Al-Shabaab, if they really wanted to get rid of them out of the region, it would have been done. It would have been done a long time ago but like i said that's never the goal and anybody who is part of the somali national army either they know that the united states doesn't intend to or they believe the lie thinking that oh well the united states and the u.n and the eu and they're all trying to help when in reality it's no You're just cannon fodder to keep the engine going of the military industrial complex. And this is why it's so important to look at what they're doing in Africa. Because they keep this going and it keep the people suffering. Remember what Michael Parenti said about there's no such thing as a poor country. They're just overly exploited. Think about the riches that many countries like the DRC, like Kenya, like Somalia, like Uganda. Think about these countries like Libya. Think about all these countries in Africa that have all these resources, which they could bring themselves up which they could do for themselves. But because of the West and their greed by means of corporations, they do not help in truly liberating the people. And in fact, a lot of the issues were brought on by the West via colonialization. And so now, Who's left to clean up the mess? Well, Africans aren't there to clean up the mess that the West started. But as the Africans are cleaning up the mess, the West keeps throwing. It's just like, okay, you have a room, you have a bunch of trash, right? And you're trying to sweep it up, and you have the dustpan and you're sweeping it up. And then the, you know, as you're trying to put, you know, uh the dirt into the trash bag well then the west will come in and you know behind your back throw some dirt more dirt on the ground and then you'll keep sweeping and then they'll throw some more dirt behind your back more dirt and it feels like no matter what you do you just can't clean it up right even though you weren't the one that dirtied up dirtied it up in the first place It was the West. It was colonialization that dirtied it up in in the first place. But because the West says, oh, I'm here to help. They're not here to help. They're here to keep it dirty because they want to see you keep sweeping. This is what they do to countries like Africa. You don't think they're not doing it to South America? Hell yeah, they're doing it to South America. So that's the thing. Because it's within their financial and geopolitical interests to keep it happening in the in the global South. So that's why these stories are so important because we're realizing how they manipulate African countries to keep their resources in the hands of the West. This is what they do. And The United States will manipulate us constantly over and over and say, we're just there to help. We're just there for security. We're just there for training. When in reality, it's there for money for the corporations.
2: The militants used a vehicle-borne improvised explosive device and suicide bombers. The attack left over 50 soldiers dead. Bulo Malero was once recaptured by the army some in 2014 that gave way to the establishment of a military base there to maintain order. The commander at that time, Major General Dick Olum, confirmed they had recaptured Bulo Maler and they will stay there to ensure peace. It was a well-planned operation under the battle group commander, battle group number 12, battle group 12, uh, with 37 battalions, 4-3 battalions and 6-1 battalions. This location of Gulamare was actually the responsibility of 37 Battalion, and they moved in smartly, cautiously, and we took over the city at exactly 130 hours. Residents even went back to their homes. <laughs> Community engagement proved helpful in that mission. Without enhancing the community, the Al-Shabaab will win the minds of the locals, telling them that the AU is meddling in their self-determination and wants to control them, and this will not be a tough task since the Al-Shabaab has enough resources to hire more fighters.
0: But they don't believe in self-determination. That's the crazy part. If they've actually believed in self-determination, they'd be honest with you they leave the country alone. They would. Okay. You want to give Somalia money and funds? Okay, just give it to them and leave them alone. And whatever sanctions that you may have, let those sanctions, if you have any, leave them alone. Let them fight their own battle. If they really have self-determination, let them determine themselves gets your hand out of the country but the united states doesn't want to do that that's like saying okay i'm gonna let you drive the car but you keep your hand on the wheel why do you have your hand on the wheel let me drive the car if i am the driver let me drive the car Why you got the hand on the wheel this is what the united states does oh yeah we're gonna let you drive go ahead and put like look, look look this is the united states treats uh treats these countries like like they're a little kid sitting on your lap and you have your hands on the wheel and you're driving oh i'm driving and then you're the adult and you're like yes sweetie heart you're, you're you're driving when in reality they're not who's driving this the west is driving this the people in Mogadishu and throughout the rest of Somalia, they do not have self-determination. It's never the goal. And so then people wise up, who know what people like me know, and this is why they can be radicalized to join al-Shabaab. So this is what happens because they want it to happen that's why they want them to be radicalized so that means more people will keep joining al-shabaab and then they go oh well we have these people we have to fight because they're so radicalized in the nation it's a self-fulfilling prophecy it's a it's a vicious cycle that's what they do this is why. You know, they they constantly want this to happen. It's a feedback loop. So that's what's going on in Somalia right now. And there are so many people who are suffering there. All because of the greed of the United States. The greed of the corporations, the corporate powers. I would love to have Ann Garrison on to talk more at length about this. Hopefully, you know, I'm trying to get in contact with her, but I think it's deeply important. This is why when we talk about anti-war, we have to talk about these conflicts that are not as widely known in other countries. Everybody's talking about the proxy war in Ukraine, right? Everybody, which is important. It is very important. But, are we also talking about what's going on in Cong- Democratic Republic of Congo? Are we talking about what's going on in Somalia? Are we talking about what's going on in Uganda? Are we gonna be talking about in Sudan? Are we gonna be talking about what's going on in these countries? Because the United States is also doing military operations in these countries too, or they're providing assistance in these military, uh, and military, military operations in these countries when in reality is keeping destabilization within these countries, because if you keep it destabilized, that means you get to keep a presence there. And if you keep a presence there, the military industrial complex, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and all those other merchants of death get to stay there and make more money. And then, their shareholders make more money. So this is why the West keeps African nations, south, Southeastern and Southwestern nations, destabilized. Because it is to their benefit. That's why the IMF and the World Bank and all of them, they want to keep it that way. But as who, at whose expense? The people. This is why it is important for us to change the system so that people in the global South no longer suffer. Let's go to the chat. Ooh, got 135 people in the chat. Woo! More chats. John to Emily good to see ya all right welcome all right so let's let's go to MJ, the anti imperialist party, says there should be a United States of Africa, nationalize their own resources to create a gold backed currency, African dinar. Wasn't Gaddafi trying to facilitate that? And then they had him killed? Yeah, they tried. Uh, MJ, anti-imperialist probably says, having to create nuclear reactors and weapons. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, Gaddafi was trying to help them, you know, make a United States of Africa, you know. Whoever says, yeah, sadly, other countries have to make nukes, nukes in order to keep the United States from effing them over. Unfortunately, that's why the DPRK has to do with that they do because they didn't want to end up like libya Yipper says we can't defund, demilitarize the police, military. Look how much criminal terrorism is going on there. Thing is, is that they're making their money in order to keep our police militarized by over there as well. So it's just, it's just a feedback loop, constantly. The jam mom says, have the U.S. mind their own effing business. Yeah. Whoever says Gaddafi refused to sleep inside of a house until all his people had a house. I had a lot of respect for that man. Yep. He stayed in the tent, right? Yeah. It's pretty sad. Let's go to the rock. Let's take a look. All right, people are watching but no comments on the rock yet. Okay. So Sorry guys, I'm still dealing with a cold, so oof, still dealing with chest congestion and all that stuff. So. But yeah. Um Sean Miller, thank you so much. Appreciate that. That's very sweet. Good luck John to Emily. Have a great family reunion. Okay, so I'm going to be doing my final story Okay, I, I need to sip for this. I wish I had some liquor in this thing because I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, I need a drink after this one. Ah, another one. Because this next story, I I laughed, but then I shook my head. Let let's go. Let's go to this next story. Oh, by the way, did you guys like the stream? Go ahead, give me a like. And if you guys haven't subscribed, turn that little red box gray. Go ahead. So, the last story we're going to be covering is Keith Oberman cusses out Dr. West? Really? Keith Oberman cussed out. Dr. Cornell West. I am not lying. This is all look. If you have your cup of tea, you may want to take a sip. You've got some popcorn. Pop it right now. Get ready. Keith Keith Oberman done stepped in it today. Yay. Lord, Lord. Let me let me let me show you. Let me show you. All right, just making sure that, just making sure I take some of this stuff down because, all right, so look, I did this, I did this uh, response to Keith Overman and I got over 2000 likes so far 2562 because of what Keith Oberman said so what we're going to do is we're going to go first to Dr. West's uh what Dr. West said and then we'll see what Keith Oberman said be prepared be prepared all right So
4: Dr. West said, let us not
0: be deceived. NATO is an expanding instrument of United States global power that provoked Russia into a criminal invasion and occupation of Ukraine. These are all true, this proxy war between the American empire and the Russian Federation could lead to World War III. We must stop the war and war crimes, including cluster bombs used by all parties, and embark on diplomatic talks that should lead us to a just peace. As the great W.E.B. Bois wrote in 1945, quote, I seem to see outline a third World War based on the suppression of Asia and the strangling of Russia, end quote. The Democratic Party is a party of war, true, and Wall Street targeting Russia and China, also true. Let us save our democracy and world by dismantling U.S. militarism at home, as in cop cities and abroad, as Martin Luther King Jr. painfully reminded us. Hashtag NATO, hashtag Cluster bombs. Twenty two thousand likes, four point five million views. Right? What did Keith Oberman say? Keith Oberman said, Fuck off. That's what Keith Oberman had to say. Now, I'm not an expert. But if you really wanted to change the mind of somebody, wouldn't it be better just to, in a nuanced way, tell them why they're wrong? I was going to insult Keith Oberman, but I'm not going to do that. But this person decided to cuss out Dr. West and not even give him a nuanced reason why he thinks he's wrong. Just F off. Let me go to my tweet just to show you guys what I said. And then I'm going to show you another tweet from a comrade that was, that gives some good context into somebody like Keith Oberman. So Keith Oberman not only commented, but he quote tweeted the same thing, right? And he's getting a lot of pushback. I said, some liberals are just pseudo-woke neocons. Once you speak out against war or push for economic changes to benefit everyone, that BLM sticker and rainbow flag melt away. Exhibit A. You see people like Keith Oberman really will say that they actually care about, you know, democracy, the rule of law. They'll they'll, they'll talk about how, "Oh, love is love and we care about black people black lives do matter until we actually go against the narrative of the corporations and the state department once we do that that's when they want to call us nigger with the er that's when they want to do it and guess what i'm not and you know i'm not wrong on this i'm not wrong on this Because the minute, the minute you go against it, especially a lot of liberals, they'll be like, look, they will be fine until you move into their neighborhood. They will be fine until you want reparations. They're fine until you want free college. They're fine until you want universal health care. They're fine until you want to end all wars you are fine until when it comes to, because we can talk about gay marriage. We can talk about, uh, you know, flying the rainbow flag. We can talk about, you know, having, you know, less discrimination. But when it comes to economic issues, as well as concrete issues, when it comes to us making sure that we have a good floor, you know, for us housing, healthcare, education, food, all those once you start to make sure that we have those by a as a human right that's when they lose their minds people like Keith Oberman will sit there and tout that he's an ally until it comes time to really be an ally And so then this is the things that he says. And Keith Oberman should be ashamed of himself. He should be, but I doubt he has, because this this tweet has been up for quite some time. Since yesterday at five PM. I found this tweet about an hour after he posted it. And then you have some people that are saying, well, I agree with you, Keith. These are Democrats. They're not Republicans. Look, look into me in my eyes. These are Democrats saying this. We wanna stop World War Three. they tell us to F off. That's what this is. All because you have a presidential candidate that says, yeah, no, we shouldn't be. And it's not like he said one side is better than the other, he condemned both sides. Let me go to my homie and let me show you what she said. Okay. Found it. This is from Sabby Sabs, my homie. So Keith Oberman said he said he's undone his entire career by getting manipulated to helping Trump. He can completely f all you too. How in the world is he helping Trump? How? By being truly anti-war. How is that helping? So trying to get us away from World War III from nuclear annihilation is helping Trump. Like, hold on, let's, let's, let's make this make sense. How in the world, is trying to pull ourselves from annihilation and not sending money to nazis how is that helping trump see this is the illusion this is the illusion of people this is the delusion that they are sitting there cheering on for a war this is crazy, man. Dear God. What in the hell? Now, here's what Savvy said. Sabi said, witness Keith Oberman's disrespect for Cornell West. It's the same disrespect he have for a, the black female college basketball player. Keith is the white moderate MLK warned you about when black people don't get in line, he loses it. He's still on the plantation. Plantation Keith. That's what we're going to call him. Plantation Keith. Sabi says plantation Keith. Well, I say plantation. She says, Keith wears the typical, I'm the smart smart white liberal, so listen to me, black rim glasses. Claims he cares about social rights. But Keith and many like him will kick you out and gentrify your neighborhood. This is why the white moderate is dangerous. She continues. Let's remember what he said to Angel Reese. There's a pattern there. When Angel Reese pointed to her hand for that championship ring, she did it to Caitlin Clark. What did Keith Olbermann say about Angel Reese? He called her a fucking idiot. That's what he did. And so that's basically what it is. It is he's completely just went off the rails. And the thing is, is like if you're black and if you're on the progressive side of the the aisle, and if you do not go according to what the Democratic, Democratic Party wants, then it's like a, how dare you, how dare you go up against us? When in reality, we're just trying to preserve ourselves alive. And when I say pseudo woke, I mean, pseudo woke, they're not really woke. They never were. They just wanted you to think that they are. Real wokeness means calling out war. That's what it means. Real wokeness means being on the side of the workers. I also responded to Keith Olbermann again. All right. So I said, so you're mad that a black man won't jump through hoops for you? This is literally the anti-war position. You're no better than the neocons you used to make fun of on MSNBC. Stop being a dick. You know, you can accomplish a lot in the world if you just don't be a dick. Apparently, Keith Olbermann didn't get in the, didn't get the memo, and so now he decided to cuss out a civil rights activist. Something tells me he would have said the same thing to some of our civil rights leaders back in the 60s. Because they would have took the same position. He would have. Can you imagine? Can you imagine him uh, cussing out Martin Luther King Jr.? I can, because Martin Luther King Jr. had a 75% disapproval rate among the entire nation when he died. He had a 50% disapproval rate among black people alone. So, yeah, I can picture him doing that. But this just shows that both parties, both parties go into the, the direction of corporatism, militarism. They all go into that direction. And they really do not care about any of us. I think this bears showing because somebody like Keith Oberman thinks that going into either a third party or into an independent is voting for Trump. This is the reality. You guys like my analogies, right? I got an analogy for you. I said to this one person who's responding to Breonna Joy Gray. I said, the Democratic Party is a right-wing party. Voting for the Democrats is ceding to the right. This is like being in a car going uphill. Placing it in reverse is voting for the GOP. Placing it in neutral is voting Democrat. Placing it in drive is voting third party or independent. Reverse and neutral takes us back. So anybody who drives a car knows that if you are on a hill, if you're facing up and you're trying to go uphill, if you put that car in reverse, you're going down fast. But what if you place the car in neutral and you're going uphill? What happens? You still go backward. It does not change course. That's what the Democratic Party is. Because they'll go, well, we're not the Republicans, but we're just not going to go forward. And so you start going backwards. You may not go back as fast, but you're still going to go backwards nonetheless. The only way you can keep yourself from going backwards is if you put it in drive. That's the only way. You put it in drive. And you push that accelerator. But people will come in and say, if you vote for some other party outside of the duopoly, you're voting for Trump. You're voting for DeSantis. <laughs> when in reality, when you bubble that name on that ballot, I don't see a DeSantis. I Look, you, it could be a West. It could be whoever the Libertarian Party is. It could be somebody from the Unicorn Party. It doesn't matter. It could be independent. But guess what? A vote for that person is a vote for that person. So coming in saying that it's, oh, it's a vote for Trump. No, it's not. Because ultimately Trump didn't get it. Ultimately Biden didn't get it. Somebody else got it. And if, if, you really want to make the case, oh, my God, Biden will lose if somebody votes for, say, West. Well, then I guess you guys need to talk to the Biden administration and tell him to start doing some things better before that, before that vote needs to happen. Because it'll be his fault that people didn't vote for him.
4: Fuck.
0: <laughs> like I'm like the are these people for real? Keith Oberman is basically no different. He is a neocon, and so this is why it is so important that we. You know, if you want to vote third party, okay. But the more important thing is to get out there in these streets and just help out our fellow neighbors because that's what we need. We don't need people like Keep Overman because he's just leading us down the path of destruction. So, yeah, he cussed him out. But how much you want to bet that that's actually going to work in Dr. West's favor? I'm willing to bet that it will work in his favor just a little bit. But we shall see. All right, let's go to the chats. Did you guys like the stream? Go ahead and give it a like. All right. I know you guys are tearing them apart in the chat. Oh, Brent Hudgens says Keith showed us what we need, what we needed. Them white racists aren't extinct. Ooh. <laughs> Whoever says like the primate that Keith Oberman is, oh gosh. Could you have an experiment says Cornell touched a nerve keep hitting those warmongers Oh bad cookies says it's coming election season is still way early this time next year don't be surprised if one of either West or RK end up in some accident that's the fear yeah that's the fear optimism of the will says i thought oberman was still under that flag whimpering he should be the jam mom says if your name is Keith Oberman, you're the worst person in the world. Whew, man. Wow. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, oh, I wanted to address something else because I know Somebody mentioned in the chat that Brianna Joy Gray um, invited Keith Oberman to her channel uh, to, she invited him to be on her channel to discuss it. Um my problem with that is Keith Oberman did not offer Cornell West any nuance into why he truly disagreed so therefore he does not deserve a chance to offer nuance after the fact on anybody's show. I just don't think he does. And so if he wouldn't give Dr. West that respect, as a black man, I would not have him on to see what he says. Why did you say that? No, Mm -mm. no. You're not willing to give him respect and he's old enough to be my father, right? He's old enough to be my father. He has a lot more life experience. He's done a lot more on the ground than I ever have. And yet, you're going to talk to him like that? Why in the hell would I give you the platform to say anything? You're not going to show him any respect? So therefore, why in the world would I give you that credence? Why would I ever give you that deference. No. You told him to F off on Twitter and 4K for everybody to see. Everybody and their mama saw that. So no. If I were Breonna Joy Gray, I would not have him on. I would rescind that invitation. I would say, you know what? Hmm, no. Nah. No. You can't come on. In fact, now you're not coming on because you decided to Cuss out somebody instead of clearly stating in a nuanced way why you think that that's a bad idea. And it's not like it's not like he, you know, can't. It's not like he doesn't have the ability to. He can buy Twitter Blue. He can afford it, and then he can give a whole four thousand. A 4,000 character dissertation as to why he feels that way. But he didn't. He decided to use two words. Fuck off. That's what he did. So if I was talking to Brianna Joy Gray, I would say, why give him that opportunity to tell us basically to f off again in a longer form and you can you can debate them if you like i mean if that's the if that's the choice you want to debate them then okay but i honestly do not think because of his behavior in that way i don't think he deserves it i just don't think he does Because if he's not willing to give that black man any respect, then you as a black woman, I think he might even give you even less respect. And I don't want to see Breonna Dre Gray go through that. Oh man, optimism well wealth. what a breed just spends the whole stream chanting "f you That would be funny, but she wouldn't do that. But it would be funny. Whoever, this is a great point. Whoever, Cornell calls everyone brother and gives them gives them the respect of a human being, even when he vehemently disagrees with them. People who disrespect them should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. I have never ever heard Dr. Cornell West call anybody outside their name. Ever. Ever. This tells you who Keith Oberman is. This tells you exactly who he is. And everybody that is saying that they agree with Keith Oberman, you're basically telling us exactly who you are that you agree with this man who decided to cuss somebody out. Even though they didn't disrespect anybody else. (sighs) Wow. That's Keith Oakman, people.
4: Sorry. Good to see you, sister
0: Black Black Unique Griffin says, so he's the new Rush Limbaugh I guess. Maybe. Uh, says he did call Joe Biden a crackhead. I mean, that's more of a it's more of an insult to crackheads. Um, Black Unicorn, Black, I'm sorry, Black unigriffin says West is a sweet person with 42 candor and reliability. Whoever says Cornell understands that Bible verse, that being nice to someone who is mean, heaps burning coals in their head. Personally, I find it funny to do that. Yep. I was taught that too. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Black Unigriffin says, Overman is a beloviator. Yeah. Uh Bryce says, would I miss everyone going in on Brie? No, no, no. I'm just saying that if I were her, I wouldn't I wouldn't entertain Keith Oberman by having him on. I just think that uh for someone of her caliber, I don't think it would be advantageous for her to have him on because he's just he's just the worst like his his actions and his rhetoric towards Dr. Cornell West just proves that he's not worthy of having that conversation because he really is not interested in nuance and actually explaining his position so therefore it would actually be below her to have him on in my opinion I think that she is better than that and I don't think that she should I mean, if she does, then you know, I respect her decision, I guess, but I don't think it'd be wise for her to do so because what really I mean, she can probably move his audience. That may be the, the goal, but outside of that, I just really don't see any type of benefit having him on to verbalize his his ex. You know his opinion because i mean he already did it by saying f you to dr west you know and i respect her for a lot of her positions but i just think that uh she can do a lot better having somebody else on instead of him you know so you know so uh, you know respect to brianna joy gray you know but i just think that uh you know i think i don't think keith oberman is worth her time i'll put it that way he's not worth her time yes basically whoever saying fu is not an argument and shows that the person has no intention of arguing in good faith basically that's what it is so yeah so i gotta get going um i have my class in about an hour so i'll be going to midwestern marx and going doing my basics and marxism class so if you guys would like to go there you guys can also go there to midwestern marx on youtube I also want to give a huge thank you to miss Akila and for being on earlier today. Uh, I cannot wait to have her back on. I would like to have her back on as well as to talk about different foreign and domestic policy issues within our country, different uh, news articles that I come across different uh, news events that I would like to discuss because I think that she is brilliant and I would love to get her, perspective as a black woman on the left in this space because i think that's deeply important so i cannot wait to have her back on and i hope that you guys are excited to have her back on as well and also let's you know continuously you know if we're going to talk about being anti-war we also got to talk about the wars that are happening in african countries because the thing is that the united states will continuously use african countries not only to extract their resources, but to also to also exploit the people to also make sure that the area is destabilized so that the people will always continue to suffer so that they always continue to have a military presence there because it benefits the military industrial complex and to keith oberman shame on you i would say more but i'm trying to be nicer i'm trying to be kinder God, I want to say what I really want to say. But I got to keep myself in a kinder space. That's what I'm trying to be. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, if you guys have not, uh, also make sure to go to handsoffuhuru.org donate. If so you guys want to also help them with their legal expenses as well, they are definitely in, still in need and anything else extra they probably can use towards community actions as well, because they're doing strong community action on the ground. So make sure to also do that as well. Also, uh, if you guys would like to, you guys can go to my Substack at jbfont.substack.com. If you guys would like to get email notifications. Because, just to let you guys know, the YouTube notifications are not so reliable. So, go ahead to go to my Substack for those email notifications. Just like you got for this stream as well. And... Also, thank you so much to the patrons on Patreon, coffee, as well as members. And thank you guys so much for supporting this channel. Because without you guys, I would not be able to do this. I've been going through some times today... So you guys have been very awesome in helping me to sustain this channel. So thank you so very much. Also going to be trying to get, because I've been sick, it's hard for me to do the readings for uh, Asaba Shakur's autobiography as well as Laziness Does Not Exist. So I do apologize for being very, very late on that, but I'll be getting into that as soon as I possibly can. Once I'm feeling a little bit better, once I'm not selling so nasally as well. So thank you so very much. Uh, Also, uh, I will be, uh oh, did I put in my calendar? I did not. I'll be joining um, some comrades this Thursday on their channel. We can't afford milk, we can't
3: afford
0: eggs. Hang on, let me make sure. Make sure I want to make sure I get the the channel name correctly. I'm forgetting the name of their podcast, I'm sorry. make sure oh left without borders so they have a podcast called left without borders so i will be joining them this thursday at 8 p.m eastern so be sure to uh you know look them up actually let me let me see i think they are on
4: youtube let me see
0: Oh, it's called left side chat. I'm sorry. So I'm going to put that uh, I'm going to put that inside the chat. So you guys can have access to that. So you guys can tune in at 8pm. Oh, sorry, 9pm. It's gonna be 9pm Eastern Time on Thursdays. So So there you guys go and so i just want to thank you guys for tuning in as well because uh yeah this was a lengthy show but we had a lot to talk about so i am glad to have been able to get into it uh rebel seer says do you have a place we can mail you care package i don't i don't have a po box um PO boxes are expensive and I just don't, I don't have it right now. And i rather, you know, before I allow anybody to send me any type of care packages, which I would definitely welcome. Uh, I need a PO box first and that's super expensive and I just don't have it. Uh, and so for right now, I'm sorry, I, I really don't have anything right now and I gotta be very careful about giving out my, my personal address. So, but thank you i appreciate it um you know the only thing i can you know receive right now are you know any tiny monetary donations which are in my description below but thank you so much good to see you rebels here so by the way in addition to and furthermore thank you so very much water your plants water yourselves Leave the world better than you found it. Look, smoke them if you got them, drink them if you got them. If you don't got them, then just laugh because joy is revolutionary. And be respectful, especially if you want nuance. You know, just respond in a more kinder way. Don't be like Keith. Keith is being a jerk. And we don't want to be jerks. We want to be good to people around us. That's what's important. Because that's how we're going to come together as a community. And that's how we're going to liberate one another. Is if we're kind to one another. Unlike Keith. So, mwah, forehead kisses. Go change the world. Go leave it better than you found it in a beautiful way. I love you for watching. And also, a hooter.